You're listening to Car Free Midwest. We're a podcast based in Omaha, Nebraska, exploring the stories, barriers, and joys of getting around the Midwest without a car. Our goal is to build a community around more transportation equity and less car dependency. I'm Sarah Johnson. And I'm Joshua LeBure. This and this is, is Car Free Midwest. Free Midwest. Well, how's it going? It's going. It's uh, it's a gloomy day. I feel like it's been kind of like rainy, cloudy, gloomy. Here I am talking about the weather. I don't know why that's always my go-to, but <laughs> here we are doing this. Uh, yeah, I'm I mean, kind of honestly, ready for some like, sunshine. I was thinking about it, and it genuinely makes sense in the context of this podcast. So it's not really like yeah. random or anything. Yes, talking about bicycles and weather that makes sense. Yeah. Um, it was so. You know, today we're going to be talking about traveling with bikes. Uh, Scott and I just drove with our bikes and our dogs to Madison, Wisconsin to kind of check it out. It was for our two-year anniversary, just kind of a fun little get-out-of-town type of a deal. And the six hours we drove through rain the entire time. Fun. So we drove there in the rain-ish, snow-ish, kind of just crummy weather. We got there the next morning. It was still kind of crummy, a little bit drizzly, rainy. And the amount of people on bikes, despite the weather was beautiful. Like we're driving into town, you know, and it's like, it wasn't like a downpour, but it was cold, kind of flurry, you know, mixed precipitation, if you will. And, um, the amount of folks out riding, it was just like the number of people you'd see on the most beautiful day in Omaha. It was just like instantly such a stark contrast, but we ended up enjoying our time overall. Yeah. I was thinking about that too, because, uh, it was actually really nice. We went to a concert in Des Moines over the weekend, um cool. and it was like what show oh we went and saw poppy she's like uh was like this pop singer that kind of had this like kind of dark almost like ironic edge to her hmm. and then but she was like in a like relationship with uh her manager and it was kind of an abusive relationship oh, okay. and she ended up finally like getting away from him and like breaking off and and was able to like keep her like stage name and all that stuff and came out with this like pop metal album and kind of like completely switched genres and now it's like weird industrial parts with like metal breakdowns and Hmm. just like straight up pop music interesting it's it's like kind of it's really yeah it was one of the best shows oh yeah it was super awesome nice yeah so we went and saw that but i remember when we got to Des Moines, there was just so many people out on bikes and walking around yeah. and, yeah. and, uh, you know, we've talked about Des Moines before, but also the, on Monday, uh, we came to Cedar Rapids, um, because, uh, my wife, she, um, had a work thing. So I figured I would just come and bring my bike and, and we got here and Cedar Rapids is like a town of like 130,000 people or something. And, all around downtown there's green paint there's protected bike lanes there's bike lanes Mm -hmm. all the way to like the hip neighborhood there's a nice new like bike trail on the river um that i think is like 15 miles long um but it's like actually a place where you can get to places i was just looking um at going to the co-op and i wanted to ride my bike and there was a way just on the river you just ride on the river and and then you can get to the like little co-op grocery store so i'm going to do that after we're done recording 
Um, but on, on Monday, there was a lot of people out on bikes. There's bike racks everywhere. I've noticed bike racks outside of the hotel, bike racks outside of all the coffee shops. Like in the hip neighborhood, there's like this like um like big, it used to be like it looks like a big grocery store. And now it's kind of like a collection of like little restaurant stalls and a, like a market, almost like a year round. That's where we went. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. where we went. Yeah. Cause nice. we drove through Cedar Rapids on the way. And I thought the same thing. I was like, oh my God, green paint, Cedar Rapids. Like it's always so, I don't know, equal parts funny and sad when little towns show us up. You know, it's like we yeah. are still trying to figure out if we're okay with green paint in Omaha. <laughs> gotta pilot that shit before you get real i know and then right? yeah cedar rapids i'm just like dang they have like you know we we usually search like vegan food on yelp and so that that place you're talking about is like really have you been in there yet Mm-mm. i'm gonna go over there today yeah we got um there's a place called full bowl and it was vegan yummy rice bean whatever the corn chips were really good like it was just tasty um but yeah noticing like you say, bike racks everywhere, green paint, and it's a littler town. And I mean, you know, to some degree, I guess a smaller town, maybe it's, they're more able to be nimble. I don't know. I'm not making excuses for Omaha. Just kidding. Keep going. <laughs> well, I mean, it, 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 I just found it, I mean, on equal parts, like frustrating and inspiring because, you know, things can happen um, even in places that are unexpected. So that's always kind of nice, but yeah, I was just like struck by how easy it is to get around here. And there was a ton of people out on bikes on Monday, but then the rest of the week it's been rainy. So I've just been walking everywhere pretty much with my raincoat, nice. with my raincoat on. <laughs> there you go. It's all about the right gear. I saw something, it was probably on Twitter where it's like, I don't, I'm going to mess it up, but it was something about like, do you really need to drive or do you just need a better raincoat? And I was like, ah, yeah. I feel like so many, you know, and it, to each their own, whatever. Um, but a lot of times it just comes down to the right gear. You know, you can ride. I know we, you know, obviously have talked about riding around before, but it really does make a nice difference when you have the proper equipment to keep you cozy. Yeah. And speaking of that, like, I think it's worth bringing up to, I think this is like connected in a global scale. Cause we're talking about like a small community here. But on a global scale, you know, we're out on a road trip and noticing gas prices are, you know, like four dollars mm-hmm. a gallon. Mm-hmm. And a large part of that is is our reliance on fossil fuels in this country and being affected yeah. by the fact that we're putting sanctions on Russian oil and yeah, because of their, you know, dumbass aggressions. And uh it just like harkens back to I think a time. I remember during like the recession when we like gas prices were hitting five, $6 a gallon and more and more people were getting on bikes. Totally. And and I'm looking at the towns like this, that like, that was probably the catalyst for a lot of these towns to, to start taking bike transportation and other modes of transportation more seriously. Cause Mm -hmm. lots of people are trying to find alternative ways to save gas and, and, and be able to get to work. And so I think that those cities that are set up <laughs> that actually took that initiative now are going to be in a better place uh, yeah. as More gas prices resilient. continue to, to be hiked up. Totally. And yeah, I, I remember. I can't help but think of a place like Omaha, like how many poor folks who have to drive cars are going to be are already probably screwed and are going to be yeah. more screwed as, as um, the prices keep rising. Yep. Yeah. I know it. 
I mean, 100% reliance on one form of transportation is just a bad idea in general. I remember in like 2008-ish, was it? When, um, yeah, gas prices were wild and I was, you know, I've been in the bike industry for arguably too long, but we sold so many commuter bikes to people who were like, oh my gosh, I just like, I could swap even one trip a week, you know, even if you don't go full-blown 100% bike commute, even if you just swap out a trip or two, you can actually save money. Yeah. But you're also, I think the thing is what's cool if, you know, there's no bright side to fucking world war three, but, um, when gas prices are affected by conflict or whatever, um, it gives people kind of the excuse to try something different. And then they might realize that it's actually not only is it saving them some bucks, but it's also better for you. Like I definitely I mean on the days when I would have to drive to work instead of ride for some reason, my mood was just not as good. Like you, you show up on a bike, you're in a better place just to start with. You've already, you know, got your body moving, just helps your, your attitude. And obviously it's better for the planet. It's better for your pocketbook. It's better for everything. Like I just, I think that this just hopefully will give folks the opportunity to be curious about trying something different and then realizing once they do give it a shot that there are a lot more benefits aside from just the cost savings. Yeah, I think that that's a really good point because I mean, I guess during the last, like during the recession, I didn't even really notice it as much because I didn't have a car and I kind of worked at a semi-recession proof industry at the time. So I remember just kind of like just hearing the stories though. And like, I think I had to borrow my brother's car a couple of times and just being like, Oh my God, it's like $6 a gallon. Are you kidding me? Uh, and at that time, I mean, that would be more like, if you think about it, like inflation and, and all that stuff, like that's even like more money today. Um, so that was pretty wild, but cause I still remember when I was 16 and got my driver's license, I think my first tank of gas I bought was like 97 cents a gallon or something. And I remember freaking out when it went above like a dollar. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Totally. We are showing our age. Yeah. It's wild to, uh, I mean, I don't know. And now it's like, I don't, you know, Scott and I share a car and we don't drive that frequently between the two of us. So we aren't really aware of gas prices at the pump because we fill up maybe once every couple months. Obviously with this road trip, it was different. We were definitely like, damn, that adds up quick, but I don't know. Yeah. We'll see if it'll make any kind of a, a difference to folks in Omaha. I was not in Omaha in, in 2008, um, I was in Colorado, but we'll see how, how it affects folks here or if everyone's just determined to stay in their dang cars. I don't know. Hopefully it'll give people an excuse for some curiosity. Well, you know, somebody brought up to me the other day that they wonder if like one of the reasons why bikes haven't taken off in Omaha was the hills but I couldn't help but think of the fact that San Francisco kind of like yeah. birthed the like the track bike movement <laughs> yeah. and it also like has you know great multimodal infrastructure as far as I know um, yeah. and in my experience and then I was also thinking about like Portland and Seattle and Austin Texas those are all very hilly cities um, yep. especially Austin, Texas, and, and there's great infrastructure there. Um, mm -hmm. so I don't know. I wonder, I think that it's just an excuse. I think the people in Omaha, especially those who are making decisions on what we're going to prioritize, they make excuses like that, you know, even though we can do some excuse busting and point out 
parallels between other towns that yeah they're hilly or yeah they're hot or yeah they have winter but they all have bike infrastructure and then whoa guess what people ride so it's just that whole chicken or the egg thing and we're just still waiting on who waiting on permanent bike infrastructure and then you know and i think we've talked about this a little bit before but with the streetcar announcement don't see any harney street bike renderings bike lane renderings in the new the new jazz so Oof, I don't know. It's it's tough. It's weird to come from a place like, you know, Madison. We were only there Friday through Monday. Um, but just I mean, I was tearing up. Like I was getting emotional about how many people I saw on bikes and how much infrastructure there was. Like every freaking road has a bike lane or uh, really we're on the trails a lot. And like you were saying, it actually connects you to places. It's not just like, oh, here's a creek. I guess we'll put some pavement next to it and call that the Keystone Trail. It's like, oh, this is the Capital City Trail. And this actually goes right through the heart of town and connects you to everything you need. And there are, you know, bike specific traffic signals. There's green paint. There's like <laughs> just it's you know what? OK, one of the first times we were riding there, we roll up to an intersection and we're getting ready to cross. But of course, we're waiting because like in Omaha, you have to look 73 times back and forth to make sure that a car is not going to speed up to try to mow you over. And we roll up to this intersection. We didn't push the light or anything. And all the cars stopped. We're just like, what is happening? Oh my God. It's just like a palpable difference. Like you just feel it. It's so, it's just so cool. <laughs> I loved that, it. That's why I like, come back. Even back when I was living in Denver and I was riding all the time, I remember borrowing a bicycle when I went to Portland and something like that happened to me. Yeah. And I was like, what yeah. is happening like, what? in this town? Yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah. why are these they value cars? people on? Yeah. yeah. It's like, you're still a human, even if you're on two wheels. What? Yeah. I remember like walking up to, you know, they have the yellow uh, yield signs for pedestrians, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and in Denver, that was like a suggestion, I guess. And then in like Omaha, like nobody even knows that that's a thing, uh, right. period. Like I've never right. seen anyone stop at those. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes on the Burt street lane yeah. in the middle of Creighton campus, but I think it's mostly cause it's Creighton. Yeah. And you kind of feel like you're in a parking lot, I guess, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Um, kind of are. Yeah. So, uh, I remember like, I just walked, I like, wasn't even going to cross the street and I just like walked up to the curb. I was like texting my friend and like the car stopped on both Everyone sides stops, and I was like, yeah. Oh, I'm not walking. <laughs> yeah. Like just then you cross just to cross. Cause you made them stop. Like, okay. Yeah. I was going this way. It's cool. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's That's just wild. like such a different vibe and, and, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, every Culture. city, again, every city has their problems and every city For- has, uh, you know, um, no city is perfect, but it is, uh, right. it is frustrating to feel like, um, you know, we're at least not like, you see other places that are smaller or something like that. And they're, uh, you know, at least Light progressing, at least mm-hmm. progressing when I feel like we're just moving backwards. Yep. I know it. And it's not even the stagnation. It's like the actual like backwardsness. Like I literally feel like we're regressive, we're, we're regressing. Policies. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I know it's hard. You know, it's weird though. We, we got back from Madison and we're like, we're going to stay in Omaha. Like we kind of went there to scope it out, you know, like for a potential move, um, and we were only there for, you know, like I said, not that many days, but, um, I don't know. It, it just feels like such a huge daunting thing to move. And I just, despite how much I rip on Omaha, I do still love it. And I love the people here. And it's like, 
I don't know. It doesn't feel like it's time to leave. I don't know what the hell I'm doing here. You know, that's kind of where I'm at now is like the podcast is fun. Not exactly a career at this point. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to operate in Omaha without trying to care about bike infrastructure. Um, glad mode shifts still around doing the, their thing. Also kind of glad to have taken a step back from that. I don't know. I don't know. Just have more questions than answers as per usual, but it is cool to spend time in cities that get it. And then you kind of like gather that inspiration and hope and then bring it back home and see what you can instigate here, I suppose. Yeah. I think that it's really interesting too, because I've been thinking a lot about moving and stuff too. Um, but you know, when it comes down to it, like, I really like my house. I really like right. my friends I've made. I really like a lot of, a lot of cool things are happening. It's just, it's like, it's happening yeah. outside of like what the city is doing. Right. Right. Like, the city is moving backwards, but people are still doing <sighs> cool stuff. So. Right. right. It's wild. I still have like hope for local elections next go round. It won't be me, uh, but I hope that enough folks realize over this, you know, course of however many a little be four years obviously between elections that hey we need to make a real effort to get better folks in there and I feel like last year you know people just kind of were becoming aware of how important local politics are and again somehow still optimistic um that they'll turn out and actually get better folks in those seats but the midterms aren't giving me a whole lot of hope with ugh, I don't know yeah it's tough to talk about politics in Nebraska and not just like want to move immediately. Yeah. Um, I feel you there. I, I, a part of me is like, Oh, maybe I should run, but I'm like, no, I should not do that. Um, I don't know. Whoever feels like they should run, should <laughs> fucking run. It sucks. Don't actually don't do it. You'll hate it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know I'll hate it for sure. Um, but yeah, just thinking about the politics is kind of depressing. But if you like move beyond that and think about like, you know, what was I trying to the say? The grassroots stuff. Well, there was something I think, that I was going to say. Yeah. Like, yeah, the grassroots stuff. Yeah. That's the only thing that's inspiring here to me is the people that are realizing that the city is not doing what the people want. And so the people are trying to do what the people want. Like even, um, you know, critical mass. We talked about that maybe a little bit last time. Um, we're going to bring the the ride leader on at one point, she said she'd come chat with us. Um, but that's cool. Like that's something that is just a little spark of something good happening. Um, and then there's also another, and I'm going to mess it up. We, we should figure out who this person is and bring them on, but it's, um, getting around town. Omaha is a new Instagram and Twitter handle. I don't know if you've seen this person. I think I know who it is, Alex, if you're listening and it's you, let me know. Um, but it's just kind of perspective of, um, pedestrians like they're pointing out inaccessible um, pedestrian overpasses and stuff like that it's kind of just fun when I don't know exactly who's doing this stuff and it's not me that's leading it like because I feel like for too long I was I had my hands in too much and so it's cool to take a step back and then watch other people pick up the slack um, so I'm kind of inspired by that and just like grateful that other people are realizing like hey this stuff does need more attention and the only way it's going to happen is if we as the public pressure the city to get real about these issues. I'm looking at this Instagram right now. Yeah, definitely. Is uh, it get, getting around town? It, Is that right? It's it's getting around town, Omaha. Uh, the Instagram is underscore G-A-T Omaha. 
it kind of reminds me of that pedestrian dignity account. Mm-hmm. You follow them. They just point out how cities are not built for everybody. That's a bummer. It needs to change. Yeah. But again, until we highlight how messed up it is, things won't change. So high five getting around town, well, Omaha. It's so funny, like what we have money to pay for in this country and what we don't. Oh, yeah. Priorities. I mean, like, they say budgets are a moral document. And that is the damn truth. Yeah. It's like, oh, do we have money for uh, endless wars and, All and subsidies for oil companies and subsidies for like uh, in Nebraska, mm-hmm. specifically like the beef industry? Um, regardless of your thoughts about farmers and like, you know, people that are doing it the right way, like let's talk about the subsidies for these giant corporations. And then not to mention, we're talking about like a place where right now we're giving, you know, huge leeway to a company like mutual Omaha to do whatever they want with downtown and to reshape our city and probably kill a neighborhood, uh, that was like up and coming and exorbitant or not exorbitant, uh, in midtown crossing, and do whatever they want, you know, years after we did the same thing for ConAgra to do whatever yeah. they want and, you know, knock down yeah. a bunch of historical buildings and, yeah. you know, and then stay here well, for and a actually few years. Mutual then- freaking Omaha did the same thing. I think this was before you moved here, but did you hear anything about the Clorinda Page building? No. So it's in Midtown, right east of Midtown Crossing and Mutual bought it and demolished it despite the outcries of the public saying, hey, this is a beautiful historic building and what the heck are you going to do with it? Oh, nothing. Turns out they just knocked it fucking down, bulldozed city, and then now they're just moving out of that campus entirely. So they literally destroy and then just keep moving and don't, there's no consequences. There's no repercussions. They don't even think twice about it. It's all just onward, onward, onward. And now they're going to knock down another building, the Dale Clark library, and we're going to help them. We're going to give them, I think it's a $62 million TIF request. It's the second largest after the crossroads. Just wild. And of course they'll get it. That's what's happening uh, on the 29th, anybody who pays attention to city council stuff, the the two o'clock city council meeting on March 29th, is going to be a doozy. I don't know if this will come out before then, but if it does, you should go to there. Go watch it online. Don't put yourself in the chambers physically and torture yourself that way, but watch it on TV and then you can scream whatever you want at them. That's what Scott and I have been doing lately. We just stream it so that we can stream and scream. So one thing I also wanted to lead on with this conversation is, you know, in this time of talking about oil independence and getting off of fossil fuels, and of course, let's not forget, like, climate change always has to be part of this conversation because it's necessary. Um, But we're also talking about cities with, like, bike infrastructure and stuff like that. Um, You know, I'm also thinking a lot about the rise of electric cars and, and thinking about as we're moving away from oil, you know, I think it's really important to hit home that like, it, it's not only that cars use gas, it's also that personal car ownership is like reshaping our landscapes yeah. and making cities less accessible to people and especially a city like Omaha. So yeah. I'm curious to like, you know, get into this conversation about um, electric vehicles. 
Uh, I think the best electric vehicle is an electric bicycle because yeah, you're right. I mean, like I was just reading something the other day about how electric cars are heavier and therefore they shred tires faster. And then those microplastics pollute more. And of course you've got still that space conversation, like whether or not it's electric, it's still a land use problem when everybody is driving a single occupancy vehicle everywhere on their, any whim, it's just not sustainable. Is it better? Sure. Is it what we should be hanging our hat on and saying this is a silver bullet to all of our issues? Hell no, like absolutely not. And I mean, there's some, you know, green energy advocates out there who are really acting like the electric car is the end all be all. And it's just really not like it's part of the puzzle, but it should not be what we're all aiming for. And, you know, they're still making giant freaking vehicles They're You know, you can find a tall front end electric pickup these days. That's still a death machine on the roads. So it's not only an environmental issue with, you know, space land use, that sort of thing and pollution, but it's also still a deadly machine that you can still drive while texting, which is what kills people. So um, I don't know. I think that it's a it's an important conversation to have um, and it's, you know, it's better than nothing, but it's not actually a solution. Yeah, the more I think about this subject, the more I think about, yes, let's move like buses, add more like light rails and trains like that that are all run on electricity. Um, let's move like delivery vehicles and stuff like that. And like large, you know, semis that have to like transport things like let's move those to electric vehicles. Um, but I just can't help but like think that like there has to be a better way in cities with like shared car use with um car shares maybe uh you know for folks that maybe can't get around on a bike for physical reasons and and stuff like that Mm -hmm. um but yeah there has to be like a shared future and that's the one thing that like does kind of interest me about self-driving cars if they can actually make them safe (laughs) yeah right i'm not holding my breath on that one but yeah (laughs) you know totally i mean i kind of feel you there but um, you know, having like a central place where people can call on an Uber or something that is not mm-hmm. driven by someone who is making no wage at all or something like that, you know, which is yeah. what's happening now. And or sexually harassing their passengers and or, you know, idling and driving around aimlessly until they get a call. Like there's so many issues with Uber and Lyft. It's not even funny. Yeah, that's I mean, that's kind of like one of those examples where like, oh, this is going to be great. Like, you know, here's here's the future. You Uber and Lyft. And it's like, oh, actually, no, Uber and Lyft. It's like, once again, making cities worse, because not only is it still cars on the road, it's now cars driving around aimlessly, wasting gas and time idling, hoping for customers like, yeah, I kind of feel like it's a similar thing with the electric car situation. You know, we got all hyped up and oh, this is going to be the future. It's like, uh better but not really ideal yeah and i I think that this is like the lack of capitalist imagination i think this is like why the capitalist imagination is like so i think this is why we're kind of on a decline right now too is because a lot of these ideas from these companies are actually just old ideas it's like it's like an uber is a way to get around medallions and taxi unions right i mean they don't want to have to pay people a living wage they didn't want like medallion like medallions existed in those bigger cities like new york and san francisco specifically so they didn't have too many taxis on the road right (laughs) that's why i mean they have their own like slew of problems uh, that came along with them because cities were 
people are selling them for obscene amounts of money and like people are going into huge amounts of debt for these medallions. And then of course the Ubers and lifts come in and, and all of a sudden these people like are making no money and they can't pay back their loans they got for their medallions. And that's a whole other problem. But really when it comes down to it, these companies are just exactly what the taxis were when they started. They were unregulated, like companies that treated their workers like garbage, like, like Mm -hmm. chattel. And, you know, these are, this is just the new modern way to do it. So it's not even a new idea. It's just another way of like, uh, chipping away at class structure. (laughs) It's a great conversation for a gray day. (laughs) Yeah. It's still pretty gray here. I would like to see what this city looks like sunny, but I I don't think I'm going to experience that. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. When I think of Cedar Rapids, did you see the movie? That's one of of my favorite movies. Yeah, that's a good (laughs) one. I I agree. But that's what I think. When we we were driving through, like I said, we made a pit stop for some food and let the dogs out. And we were like, oh, yeah, that was a great movie. Right. Here we are. are It's like, what brings you at? what brings you down to Cedar Crapids? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I I weirdly like put that movie on in the background a lot because it's like kind of one of those movies. that's like kind of sweet. It's kind of funny. The stakes are pretty low, but also like if you want to get into it and watch it, like the characters are likable enough that you can just kind of, doesn't really matter what's happening in the story. It's kind of like, you're just hanging out with these people. But I didn't really have any specific goal today just beyond talking about riding bikes in other cities, which we've both been doing, and Midwestern yeah. cities at that. <laughs> right. Indeed. I know that works out well, because I, I do have another couple bike trips planned, but they're not Midwest. They are Mount Lemon, which is outside Tucson, Arizona. The end of April, a buddy of mine's getting married, so we're, gonna, we're not taking the dogs this time, but we are taking the bikes, um, and we'll ride around down there. And then Winston-Salem for... Um, art oh matt scott makes weird art things and they're having like a an artist meetup down there so that'll be mid-may so yeah i'm excited to just get out of town with my bike a little bit more nice i traveling just... on two wheels is just i don't know i think that not to interrupt you but i totally am uh getting around town on two wheels just changes your perspective and changes how you experience a city so much like i can't stand driving in a city that i don't know because one, it's like going too fast and I want to be observing what's happening. And two, I always just feel like I'm going to be like, I don't know, operating the wrong way. Like, oh, this is a weird one. I don't know. Just on a bike. It's mellow. It's fun. You can take more in. And I feel like you really get a sense of the city in a lot more, I don't know, just a different way. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't agree more. I think one of my fondest memories is borrowing my friend's bike. And I had already been to Portland a few times, but actually having a bicycle one time and this was like before like B-cycles and stuff are really much of a thing. So mm-hmm. I think they had one there, but I never really used one at that point. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I remember borrowing my friend's bike and just riding around the city. And like, it just felt like a whole different place. Cause you kind of get a feel for yeah. what it might be like if you were to live there or something like that. Yeah. Yep. Which, which, and you just get a much more personalized experience than if you're um, just driving around the city. Locked in a box. Yep. Or even like, I remember I was like taking the bus a lot around and, you know, you can kind of still see more, but you know, buses are all kind of just buses. So you just kind of get dumped out on one part of the city and you have no sense of geography and where you are. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so it's always fun, like getting on a bike and getting a sense of the geography, kind of getting a feel for what the landscape is like, seeing what the neighborhoods, what the houses are like, Mm -hmm. maybe passing by like a rando coffee shop you didn't expect. Yep. Yep. Exactly. I feel like I was just going to say, oh, I know what I was going to say. I was going to talk about how I really like to look at maps of like bike infrastructure before I go to a place. And what was really cool about Madison is like, I had kind of a, the gist of, you know, the lay of the land and where some infrastructure was, but you don't even need a map. Like you just show up and you're like, oh, there's a bike trail and it's well-marked. And then it's like, oh, here's another bike trail where it intersects here. And like, you don't even really need to be familiar with the bike map when you go to places that have really robust infrastructure, because it tells you where you're going and it helps you along the way. And the wayfinding there was just once again, a lot, lot better than some other places. Uh, so it was, it was just, it was so cool. I am excited to go back. Don't think we're going to be moving in, in the short term, but I do plan on spending some more time there for sure. It was fun. Just talking shop with we went into um, black saddle bike shop. High five Mitch. If you're listening, probably not. Uh, and revolution cycles was cool. We, this time we didn't go into the cargo bike shop, but have before that was a really cool experience. That was years ago when I closed my bike shop down, I took the crew for a little vacation to Madison and we walked into the cargo bike shop and it was like a bike and coffee shop. And it was a woman that was in the bike shop side and she was explaining bikes. So I was just like, yes, this feels good. This is what I know. Bikes and coffee and a lady in the bike shop. So I don't know, Madison, you are a cool place. I will come back to visit. I kind of feel like that about Cedar Rapids. I think I'll come back here too. Yeah, I know. I need to go to Madison though. (laughs) Yeah. You keep heading, heading North. We, um, were surprised by Cedar Rapids. Like, I think that was the first time I'd actually stopped in Cedar Rapids, not just driven through and just that little, like, you know, co-op market space was so neat. And just like seeing all the bike infrastructure, it did make you think, huh, maybe we should come here intentionally sometime. Yeah, you totally should. I mean, and all the people I've met at the coffee shops and stuff are all super nice. And cool. I met one girl that worked at a coffee shop that used to live in Denver. So we got to nerd out about the oh, Denver my. coffee scene. Nice. Um, so that was super fun. And and there's like a really good taco shop. <laughs> mm-hmm. And some that's always good to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh that has like great vegan options that we went there last night. And mm. anyway, like, I don't know. I just like finding these like smaller towns and like meeting the cool people and like finding out, you know, what's going on. But also like I was sending yeah. you pictures. Cause I was also like very yeah. emotional, yeah, like, very like frustrated to see, like, I mean, frustrated yeah. and inspired, but also frustrated. Cause you know, they have a ton of bike lanes that are protected with a curb with, you know, <sighs> the, the car parking on the other side of it. Um, and it goes through it. Like I haven't been to a neighborhood where I haven't seen one yet. Um, Wild. and I haven't explored the whole city. I'm sure that you get out sure. like outside of the city center, you're going to like find less and less, but, yeah. but just even the fact that downtown you had so much and we, yeah, have, they're making an effort. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we're like a city with, that's like, you know, almost five times bigger. And we don't have any of that in our downtown except our like little pylons, like (laughs) the bollards, which get yanked out half. Yeah. The bollards. Yeah. (laughs) I know. But you know, and I'm sure like if I stayed here long enough, I'd have many complaints and and I'm not saying that it's a perfect city, but it's like the bare minimum is what I'm hoping for. And that's the part that frustrates me. It's like, it's the bare minimum and feeling like you're moving towards the 21st century and not back into the 20th century. 
you and I are going to do a cool pro project, <laughs> Whoa. A project, a project for mode shift. Um, that pedestrian situation, the America walks grant. We are going to be talking to some people on the streets about how sidewalk connectivity matters to them. So I think that I'm going to try to look forward to that. Um, and when, yeah, when does the I'm, North Omaha Trail open? We got to do an episode about that. Yeah, that'll be cool. We should bring Manny on again. Oh, I mean, critical mass. I mean, like I'm thinking yeah. about that time where we were in the recession and all that stuff. And that's like the height of like when critical mass was happening and stuff. Hmm. So I, I feel like maybe like I've noticed critical mass is happening in other cities again. Like maybe mm-hmm. the younger people are taking up the mantle. And yeah. that's kind of making me feel hopeful because I think it's happening yeah. in other cities and now it's happening in Omaha. Um, yeah. They're not quite as big as they were, you know, like at the height of it, but yeah, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that maybe in they time. can bring that back. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, so the next critical mass in Omaha is on Friday, six o'clock rollout from the Millwork common skate spot. So, um, and there is a critical mass Omaha. So it's the, the last Friday of every month. So that is the 25th, 6 PM rollout from Millwork Commons. So I'm going to try to be there. And that does it for this episode of Car Free Midwest. We're here every other week with interviews, topics, and documentary pieces covering all things transportation. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Car Free Midwest or visit us at carfreemidwest.com. So subscribe now to Car Free Midwest wherever you listen to podcasts and support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Midwest. This is a production of Figure Podcasts, figurepodcast.com. With support from Mode Shift Omaha, modeshiftomaha.org. Future Josh here. Because I talked about Poppy so much at the beginning of this episode, I thought we'd close with a Poppy song. So here's Concrete by Poppy. Poppy.